0: We're going to continue our positional previews with tight end and quarterback, as well as provide our breakout players for 2022 on today's episode of Locked On Sooners.
1: You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up Sooners Nation and thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's free and available. Joining me as he does every night is Josh Helmer from 94.7 The Ref in Norman. You can listen to him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on that station or on the Sports Talk 1400 app wherever you get your apps, Google Play, the App Store, wherever that's at. Josh, how's it going, man? What is going on? Yeah, not a whole lot. You know, it's, it's spring football time. The Final Four is coming up. Softball continues to roll. Now 30-0. and Another big day for Grace Lyons, who can, just continues to hit home runs and bunches. But we're going to talk positional preview. And let's start with tight end, because I think this is a very interesting uh, position group to talk about. Because we had two guys leave in Austin Stogner and Jeremiah Hall, who made up a lot of that room snap count. Braden Willis is the guy still standing, and they brought in an interesting name in Daniel Parker and two really intriguing freshmen in Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn. How are you overall just feeling about this tight end group heading into 2022?
1: Feel good about it. Feel good about it. Obviously, we've seen Braden Willis make plenty of plays in flashes. I love the two signees that they brought in. Caden Helms has the potential to be the next really, really great one. I think once he really gets into the weight room and gets a couple of, you know, couple of years behind him, I think he has that type of ability to maybe be the quote unquote next Mark Andrews or the next what we thought Austin Stockner was going to be in this program. Jason Llewellyn again, another really highly thought of signee in this class. Four star if you look at ESPN, three star if you're looking at other places out of Alito, Texas. I love those two. I like that they went ahead into the transfer portal and brought in Daniel Parker Jr., who just finished shy of 100 receiving yards last season, so doesn't arrive at least in Norman, considered to be this big pass-catching target that's going to rack up a bunch of receiving yardage, but certainly is highly, highly regarded in the run game. So I think it's a good mix of a veteran in Braden Willis that has kind of been looking for his chance to be the number one tight end for Oklahoma. Now he's got that shot. Uh, And then the experience that you bring from another Power 5 player and Daniel Parker Jr. and two talented youngsters. So I think a a good tight end group for Oklahoma. Not necessarily headlined by the return of a Mark Andrews like we've seen in the past for Oklahoma, but I certainly think a very, very capable tight end group.
0: And it looks like a more traditional group where – we're not seeing that tight end H back flex like we've seen in years past. This is a group that's going to play a lot of inline. They might slot out and play, you know, split out into the slot a little bit as well. And I think, you know, Braden Willis looks like the presumptive starter. And for good reason, he's a really good blocker in the run game. And he's a really good receiver as well, just in limited opportunities because you had a guy like Austin Stogner and a guy like Jeremiah hall getting a bulk of those snaps as well. It's really going to be interesting to see how much they play, Uh, with two tight ends this season, because like you mentioned, Daniel Parker is an impact blocker in the run game and can do some stuff in the red zone as well. It'd be hard to sit both of those guys when you have them as weapons. And maybe this is where some of the the wide receiver uncertainty kind of lends itself is like, hey, we can run more 12 personnel because we have two really good tight ends that can be effective as run players and as pass catchers as well. And and Brad Willis is the guy that I'm really, really excited to see because we've seen the athleticism that is a little bit underrated. I think, you know, we, we haven't seen him in bunches and so maybe it's easy to forget just how good of a player he can be. But I mean, the catch he made in the bedlam game last year was just absolutely incredible. And I'm looking forward to seeing him get, you know, a 60%, 70% snap count to see if he can translate that into bigger production going into his final season with Oklahoma, because this is an opportunity for him to really shine uh, to, to prepare for the next level of, of all the tight ends that, I've kind of come through since Mark Andrews, like he's the guy I feel like has the best opportunity to really have a breakout season. I know we're going to get to breakout players later on down in the show, but I mean, he's the guy that I think can really set himself up well for the next step. Um, you talk about Daniel Parker Jr. Again, this is, they're going to get him on the field because Jeff Levy's going to run a ton of plays and he's going to want to run the football. Why not put Daniel Parker on the field? But again, with those two guys, you have two really good blockers. For much of last season, Braden Willis was Pro Football Focus's highest graded tight end in the country. Why? Because of his run blocking ability. And then like you mentioned, the, I like the diversity that they have between Caden Helms and Jason Llewellyn because they, they're both different builds and are going to be doing a little bit different things. Caden Helms kind of represents the future and, or like the modern tight end, the future tight end, where you're going to be the move guy, the guy that moves around a lot, gets out, split out into the slot maybe get split out wide sometimes. And Jason Llewellyn, he's just kind of like your traditional inline tight end, gonna play next to the tackle. You're gonna ask him to block down on defensive ends, get out and block linebackers because he's got the size. They I think he weighed in at 260 at six six. That's a huge dude. Like you might want him to cut a few pounds so he can be more more fluid, but that's that's incredible size for a freshman coming into this program.
1: A true freshman, you're right. To be 260 pounds, six foot five, is big time for a freshman tight end. If you had to compare the two freshmen to the two upperclassmen, you would say that Caden Helms is more like Braden Willis, and maybe at least to start, Jason Llewellyn is more like Daniel Parker Jr. I love what you said about the possibility of running 12 personnel, maybe some two tight end sets, because you have a couple of guys – as you mentioned in both Braden Willis and Daniel Parker jr. It's not like like Daniel Parker jr. We see him as this great addition for the run game. And he certainly is that, but it's not like Braden Willis is not a terrific addition in the run game in his own right. So you could potentially have Braden Willis on one end of the formation, Daniel Parker jr. On the other end of the formation and really go a heavy set. If you want to, if you're Oklahoma, that's not really something we've seen from OU in quite some time and I like the possibility of playing those two guys together and then out of that formation you know you have Braden Willis leave the formation and all of a sudden he's a a pass catcher over the top so I think there's some interesting possibilities there formationally for Oklahoma and for Braden Willis this is why he came back right Jeremiah Hall it, it probably is maybe easy to take him a little bit for granted what he meant to Oklahoma last season just because of the razzle-dazzle in the flash that we've seen from that position in recent years, what Mark Andrews was to this program, what Austin Stogner was at times in this program, what Grant Calcaterra was in this program at Oklahoma. Braden Willis, you know, now is his chance. Jeremiah Hall was really, really good for Oklahoma mm-hmm. a season ago, and that took some opportunities away from Braden Willis. Now he's made the decision to come back when he probably would have gotten drafted, John, if he wanted to. Now he's got himself an opportunity to really work his way up in the NFL draft by having a great final season here at Oklahoma. And I think he's primed to do so.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he had 15 catches for 177 yards and two touchdowns last year. I mean, that's more than or less than half of what Jeremiah Hall had, 32 receptions for 334 yards and four touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns, five total TDs. So looking at that stat line, 32 for 334, give me the over-under on Braden Willis. Do you think he's going to be able to eclipse Jeremiah Hall's production from last season? I kind of think he will because they're going to be less of a rotation at that spot.
1: Well, I think he's the bona fide number one target. Uh, You know, Jeremiah Hall, a little bit north of the 30 receptions, as you mentioned, let's call it 330 yards. And Braden Willis gets did you say 15 receptions last Mm -hmm. season? I mean, there's a chance that I I think Oklahoma is going to play more than just Braden Willis out there in, you know, in terms of pass catchers play more than Braden Willis out there. Maybe that's Caden Helms. Maybe that's Jason Llewellyn, whichever one of those two youngsters comes on a little bit quicker than the other. But I'm not sure that either one of those two guys is true freshmen are coming away with 15 receptions next season. So that alone, yes, I think sets up Braden Willis to eclipse that 334 yards that Jeremiah Hall had. I mean, I think he's going to be the definite number one tight end target for Oklahoma next season.
0: Well and even if he doubles his snap count, that's going to increase his opportunity to increase his production. And I think that's probably what's going to happen is you're going to see an increased snap count, which is going to create more targets and more receptions and more yards. Because also, we're going to see more snaps out of this offense. They've already talked a ton about they're going to play fast. Jeff Levy's offense is generally finished in the top five in the country, whether he was at Southeastern in Division II or he was at UCF or Ole Miss. Like He's going to run a ton of plays with this offense, which is going to create more opportunities for everybody to get their hands on the football, which is good. Like We need to, to spread the ball a little bit around, but you also need to make sure that you're getting your talented players the ball frequently, and this offense is going to be able to do it. I think – the side-end position, I think, sets up pretty well. You do have a hierarchy this year, whereas last year you had much of a rotation. I think that it's good to have depth that you can rely on, but it's also good to have a bit of a hierarchy where you can be like, this is our guy, and we're going to get him on the field. We're, our, we're at our best when he's on the field, and when we decide we need to give him a breather, we're going to go to our second guy. And then when he's ready to go back in, he's going back in because he's our guy. And I think that's going to help. Yes, you want to be able to use all those different skill sets that you have. But I think what we saw last year with the wide receiver group is having too much depth can also kind of kind of be a hindrance. It doesn't give people the opportunity to get in a rhythm and adjust to coverages that they're facing throughout the game if they're not getting enough snaps. And I think that's kind of what happened. And, and now, yeah, I'm excited for Braden Willis. The dude seems like a really, really great guy. He's a leader on the team, and he's going to get an opportunity to shine this year.
1: He understands that opportunity as well, which I think is an important part of it. He finishes you know, his career up to this point with 13 starts, 36 receptions, 484 yards. And I think he's going to be in the neighborhood of kind of matching everything that he's done to his career at this point this season. I think that type of opportunity is here for him. And he knows that it's uh, – what do they say in the NFL, John, that you get – the best years out of guys when it's a contract year. And yeah. really, I mean, for Braden Willis, this is a contract season.
0: It really is. Yeah, he stands to earn himself a great opportunity in uh, the NFL if he's able to have the production that we think he's capable of having and will have. And I really do think he's going to have a, a really great season this year uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. But first, I want to talk to you about Stat Hero. It's the Final Four. Are you ready for it? I've only got, like, one of my final four teams still available. Josh, how many final four teams do you still have available? Well,
1: we went eh, belly up on Kentucky and Auburn. I've got Duke still alive. I had Duke beating Gonzaga, and let's see. That's it. Yeah, I I had Arizona would have been the other team I had in there. So, yeah, one out of four. Not great. And Duke was not my national champion.
0: Yeah, so if you're struggling there but you want to still get in on the action, go to stathero.com slash locked on where you can – play some daily fantasy with college basketball players. You can get in and pick lineups and go up against some of the lineups that stat hero picks. And there's no mystery to it. Unlike some of the other daily fantasy sites where you're not sure what the lineups are that you're competing against. You get to see what you're going up against and stat hero players win up to four times as much as other places or four times more often than other places because stat hero eliminates the mystery. And you get to see what you're up against. So go to stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. You put in $50, Stat Hero will match you with $50 using our promo code locked on at stathero.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply. Also want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Easy to eat, 100% covered in chocolate. And it's great for you. If you're starting to get ready for the summertime and you're looking to get in shape, get a Built Bar. Low calorie, low carb high in protein, high in fiber. It's everything you need in a great meal replacement or to get that energy for your workout. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, get 15% off your next order over at built.com. And thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms as well on YouTube. Make sure you check us out on Twitter at locked on Sooners and on Facebook locked on Sooners podcast. Now, Josh, let's talk about the primary or the premier position in all of sports. The one that makes the money, the one that gets the win losses, uh, adjusted or set next to them in, in their stat columns against my, uh, against my wishes quarterback or wins are not a quarterback stat, in my opinion, uh, The quarterbacks, Dylan Gabriel comes in. He replaces uh, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams, who started for the Sooners in 2021. The Sooners really benefited greatly from the transfer portal, even though they lost two guys. It was was evident Spencer Rattler was going to transfer by midseason of last year. Caleb Williams leaving was not, I mean, it was a bit of a surprise, but not really a surprise. Landing Dylan Gabriel just hours after Caleb Williams announced his portal decision was huge for the Oklahoma Sooners.
1: Had to have it. You know, can you imagine this season if you didn't? Probably you were landing somebody else along the way. Uh, maybe under the scenario that Dylan Gabriel doesn't come here, Jackson Dart ends up in Norman, Oklahoma. I mean, I think that's a pretty realistic possibility. One of these highly touted signal callers was coming to Norman, Oklahoma as soon as. Spitzer Rattler and Caleb Williams both made their respective decisions to leave Oklahoma, but getting Dylan Gabriel, somebody that has the type of starting experience that he has. And then the familiarity with Jeff Levy is huge for Oklahoma. And, you know, similar to what we talked about with Braden Willis, I like when players have the understanding about an opportunity that's right there in front of them. Dylan Gabriel has done a, Bunch of amazing things in the game of college football, but he's not, not yet been the quarterback at a place like Oklahoma, and he has that opportunity now with somebody he's familiar with in Jeff Levy, so I'm very excited to see how this plays out for Dylan Gabriel. I mean, obviously, he's somebody that has thrown for over 8,000 yards, 70 passing touchdowns in his career, hasn't been a high interception guy throughout his career, which is, of course, important at a place like OU where now all of a sudden the talent that you're going to be seeing week in and week out, that's getting ramped up a notch. You've got better players around you, but they've got better players on the other side of the football too. So the fact that he hasn't been a high interception guy I think is huge for Oklahoma, and OU obviously has great stability and great comfort in knowing that Dylan Gabriel is somebody that's proven – Uh, in college football so I love where Oklahoma's at going into this season at the quarterback position maybe they don't have quite the same star power that they've had in years past at least not in terms of the stars next to the name but I think they've got a very very good college quarterback in Dylan Gabriel
0: well and you look at a a player like Dylan Gabriel he kind of he kind of compares a little bit and I'm not going to say he's going to have the impact or the career of this guy but Baker Mayfield a little bit now Baker Mayfield was coming in as a transfer from Tech and he had a couple of good games at tech, but he didn't really have a ton of experience when he transferred to Oklahoma. Yes. There were high expectations and people expected that he was going to be good, but did we expect him to be a three-time Heisman finalist and a Heisman winner? I don't know if those expectations were there back then, but we, we thought he was going to be good. Now I'm not sitting here saying that Dylan Gabriel is going to win a Heisman. He's going to be in the Heisman conversation, but I think it's a similar, similar sense where you've got a guy that has played some college football. He's coming into a program with a great opportunity and has a good skill set and has an opportunity to really raise his game and raise his floor because, I mean, what Dylan Gabriel did at UCF was really, really good. He's got a chance to be even better now that he's at Oklahoma because, like you mentioned, he's got better players protecting him, better players to throw to, and it's just going to be a, a back in an offense that he's familiar with. As a freshman, he threw for over 3,500 yards and 29 touchdowns, had a 156.9 rating only seven interceptions. His completion percentage wasn't great. 59.3%, but he improved that steadily in his time at UCF. So it's, it's exciting. The one concern is the depth at, at with Oklahoma, you know, Nick Evers coming in as a four-star player. You hope you don't have to use him in 2022. Micah Bowens was a transfer addition last spring. Potentially he's your backup. Um, Ralph Rucker was the backup at times last year and got some playing time of the guys that weren't named Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. And so that's where this, this situation is very interesting for the Oklahoma Sooners is that they don't really have a solidified number two guy that they can turn to like they had in years past where, whether it was Austin Kendall or Chandler Morris or Kyler Murray, when he backed up Baker Mayfield, it's, it's a big question mark for the Sooners now
1: yeah wow the fact that you had Baker Mayfield and then Kyler Murray backing him up still sounds just incredible to think about in retrospect I mean what a quarterback room that was but you're right uh the Nick Evers signing was of course gigantic late in the game for Oklahoma for this this uh 2022 signing class and imagine how we'd be feeling about the backup quarterback situation if that didn't happen for Oklahoma then uh you really might have had to just take some flyers in the NCAA transfer portal. Oh, you didn't have to do that because of course they got a four-star super talented signee in Nick Evers, who again, yes, will be a true freshman this season. I think he's got a chance to be the backup quarterback. We'll see how this spring plays out for Nick. Uh, Obviously, you know, the weight room, we talk about that so much on this uh, locked on Sooners podcast. I tell you just about, I don't know, three or four times every week that with true freshmen, how they perform in the weight room, I think is a a good indicator on whether or not they're going to be in at the quarterback position with somebody like Dylan Gabriel in front of you. Nick Evers isn't pushing for that starting job right here, right now, but he is pushing to try and be the backup quarterback, which would signal that it's, you know, his job in the future after Dylan Gabriel moves on. So if that's going to be the case, I think this is a really important spring for him and for Micah Bowens. If, he gets beat out for the number two quarterback job. I think that pretty well spells doom on Micah Bowen's ever really taken serious snaps at the university of Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because you, as you mentioned, Nick Evers has a chance to not just set himself up for this year, but years in, in the future as well, because they're going to have another talented four-star quarterback coming in in 2023 and Jackson Arnold that will be competition for him at some point down the road. Nick Evers has a chance to really solidify himself as the future of the Oklahoma Seniors program. All right, coming up next, we're going to give you our breakout players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But I want to talk to you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. They've got everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. If you're looking for an auto part, go to rockauto.com. Why spend time in a storefront auto parts store? waiting on the guy to look it up in the computer when you can do it yourself, you just type in the auto part that you need and rock auto is going to have it available for you. They can ship it directly to your door Or you might have to wait on the store to get it. And then you have to go back to the store to get it. it how much time do you really want to save? Make sure you go to RockAuto.com. They've got everything you can need. The parts are always there and they're always reliably low prices. You can save up to 30, 50, or even hundred percent more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in there, How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Josh, we're going to do a little breakout player stuff. So 247 Sports kind of posed the question. They picked a breakout player for every team in the Big 12. And for the Oklahoma Sooners, they picked Theo Wees, which I thought was a really good choice. I feel like he kind of broke out two years ago. Uh, when he tied for the team lead in receptions with Marvin Mims. Um, But, I mean, I could see how having a year away from the game makes him a little bit um, flying under the radar. Looking at the offensive side of the football first, who's the guy that you
1: expect to break out in 2022? Well, I don't want to steal your pick, so I'll let you go first, and then I'll pick somebody different. (laughs)
0: Well, so the guy, I mean, we talked about him in the first segment, but it's Braden Willis for me. I, I think that's the guy that's going to have a season that's going to vault him into one of the uh, tight, top tight ends in the country conversation when it comes to the 2022 N- or 2023 NFL draft, rather. like He's going to be one of those guys that's considered one of the best tight ends in the draft next year. Now, that might not translate to a, a top 100 pick, type of a a selection, but tight ends kind of at times get devalued, but I think he could put himself in in consideration to be selected in the first five rounds of the NFL draft, because I really think he's going to have one of those kind of like 50 to 60 receptions anywhere from seven to 800 yards. And he'll, he's going to threaten for double digit touchdowns in this offense in 2022.
1: I'm not ready to say 50 or 60 receptions, but I'm definitely in the neighborhood of 40. I, I think he's going upwards of where Jeremiah Hall was last season. I think that's a great breakout pick. I'm not trying to, uh, you know, I'm not trying to downplay your pick. No, I I, I think it's, I think it's a great pick. I think he's going to have, it ain't no problem. It ain't no problem. I think he's going to have a monster season based on what's happened throughout his career. And it's been a great career so far, but uh, I do think he's primed for a big, big season for his standards. There's so many different directions. I could go both offensively and defensively that I'm going to go ahead and propose right now that we revisit this subject in the future and just pick five or six guys on both sides of the football because I think it's its own standalone show. Now, having said that, my pick to click here offensively is Jaleel Farouk. I think we saw it in the Valero Alamo Bowl when he led the team in receiving yardage with his three receptions for 64 yards. He really didn't get a ton of opportunities as a true freshman a year for Oklahoma and Oklahoma they're in the they're in the mix here they're in the hunt to try and find okay we feel pretty we feel great about our number one wide receiver at Marvin Manns Theo Weese. okay if that's going to be your breakout player that's I, I understand why 247 sports would pick him but I would agree with what you said I think we already saw Theo Weiss's breakout season you want to call it a comeback player of the year okay I can entertain that with the Oe, so you got Mims and Wees who are to me going to be your established number one and number two wide receivers for Oklahoma but OU needs a solid number three behind those two guys and I think the number one name to look at there is Jaleel Farouk so I think he's primed for a big big season in his own right and you know obviously he came into Oklahoma like many of these skill guys do highly regarded highly touted and I think he's going to show everybody why that Valero Alamo bowl performance was not just, you know, one, one off performance. He's going to be doing that on the regular in 2022.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. I think getting some extended snaps is going to be really, really fascinating for him. Uh, It'll be fascinating to see where they line these guys up because that's to me going to have a bit of an impact on how much they produce, but I think, Whether they put him in the slot or Marvin Mims in the slot, I think all these guys are going to thrive in Jeff Levy's offense. All right, on the defensive side of the ball, this one might not be kind of a breakout player. He's not really a guy that's flying under the the radar. He's been getting a lot of publicity or or news notes this offseason. And that's Jeffrey Johnson. I think he's going to have a tremendous season, a tremendous impact for the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, playing that nose tech, that nose tackle that one technique defensive tackle spot isn't going to afford you to a lot of like stats. He might not have a ton of tackles for loss or sacks, but the impact is going to be felt when Jalen Redman's able to run free because he's facing a lot of one-on-ones or when the linebackers are able to get into the backfield because they're not having to take on offensive linemen at the second level. I think Jeffrey Johnson is going to be the guy that has a huge breakout season. Now came over from Tulane after having a really nice career there, but I think this is going to be one of those seasons that again, like we talked about with Braden Willis sets him up really, really well for a future in the NFL.
1: Jonah Laula, probably in that same sort of category with Jeffrey Johnson, guys that have had really productive college careers, but you're just not going to get the same hype around you. Unfortunately, a lot of times when it's at Tulane and when it's at Hawaii. So I think both of those guys, if you picked either one, is a solid selection. I'm taking Trey Morrison. Mm. And the reason I'm taking Trey Morrison, he's a proven defensive player on the Power Five level from North Carolina, had a bunch of starts all over the defensive backfield for the Tar Heels, whether it be a little bit, At safety, I think he had some nickel starts in there as well. He was running, I think, with the linebackers the other day, John, at Oklahoma. So he was practicing with those guys based on some of the videos that I saw coming out of practice. And Brent Venables in his media availability was mentioning Trey Morrison along with the other guys in that linebacker group. Now, whether or not he stays at linebacker is, of course, an interesting discussion in and of itself. But that tells me right here, right now, that Brent Venables and this defensive staff, they saw something they love about Trey Morrison. And whether it's linebacker, whether it's safety, whether it's nickelback, he's playing somewhere for Oklahoma because they know that this guy can get downhill and hit somebody. So I'm taking Trey Morrison as my breakout player defensively for OEO.
0: Yeah, I love it. I think that's going to be a guy that has a huge impact as well. I think you're right. They're, they're planning on using him in a variety of ways, depending on the matchup, especially. You know, teams that are going to run four wide receivers and he's your second linebacker, quote unquote, linebacker, that's going to afford you a really strong uh, defensive presence on the field. So, a lot of great stuff. We'll definitely run it back on the breakout players because I, as you're talking, I thought of like several more guys that I could have mentioned that I'm, I apologize for not mentioning to those guys that. We're, I'm, I'm going to use my ESP and send you positive vibes. I'm not going to give it away, give it away the tease right now, but we'll talk breakout players again, maybe next week. Uh, and we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper on both. Who, sides of the football. who are your breakout
1: players? You can share with us on YouTube in the comments below.
0: That's right. Let us know. Tell me that I'm not very smart for picking my breakout players or that we should have thought of somebody else. We'll we'll read your comments as well on the show. So make sure you let us know who you think is going to be a breakout player for the Oklahoma Sooners in 2022. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your support and your ears and your comments and all the likes and retweets that you guys throw out on the social media as well. Make sure you follow Josh on Twitter, at JoshOnRef. Listen to him Monday through Friday, 9 to noon, on 947 The Ref in Norman and on the Sports Talk 1400 app. You can follow me on Twitter at John 9 Williams and read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners at thesoonerswire.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook Locked On Sooners Podcast. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.